After Work Drinks Club, a business podcast where I chat with influential movers and shakers, top achievers, and all-round incredible people. We explore how they've got to where they are and how you can too. If you want to level up, go make your order at the bar, pull up a seat at the table, and join in, because you belong here. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyauke, the founder and CEO of Girls Talk London a global agency that empowers thousands of women to develop the skills and confidence to succeed in their careers and life. So if you're listening on your morning commute with a coffee, working from home with a cup of tea, or joining us for after-work drinks, consider this your time to laugh, learn, and level up. On the podcast today, we have Kevin Zhou, International Wedding and Events Planner. But I was, I was quite dumb. You know, I was also young. So I would take pictures of weddings done in Paris. And yeah. like there's an Eiffel Tower in the background. And I'm like, guys, did this wedding in Harare last week. And then like people are like, dude, there's an Eiffel Tower in the background. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that is so funny. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the After Work Drinks Club. Today, I have a fellow Zimbabwean on the podcast, Kevin Zhou a.k.a. Kevin the Wedding Planner. Kevin is one of the most sought-after international wedding and events planners. He is famous for executing some of the top elite weddings in Zimbabwe, with over 200 weddings in his portfolio, including mine in the future. You really have to see it to believe it. Kevin stands for true excellence and creating unforgettable experiences, so much so that he was included in the Forbes Africa 30 Under 30 list this year. One of my favourite things about Kevin is how much he cares for his clients, his attention to detail and his infectious, passionate and humorous spirit. As we're hearing from our guests, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts with your top takeaway. Tell us, what did you learn and how are you going to apply it in your own career? I'd like to give a shout out to Grace, who sent us a DM on Instagram to say, thanks for providing such an insightful podcast. I can't wait to listen to more. Thanks so much, Grace. This really means a lot. Having a community of like-minded people is super important. So let's keep building this community. I am happy to share that I'm a brand ambassador for Blue Water for this series. And as I'm recording this intro, I'm sipping on their fiery ginger beer. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And I would like to dedicate this episode to my big sister, Rachel. Thank you for being my biggest cheerleader. You will forever be in my heart. Kevin, welcome to the After Work Drinks Club. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on as a guest. I I can't wait just to get stuck into our combo. I've been like following you on social media for a while. I want to really sort of get into, you know, your work and your craft. And I'm just super proud as well that you are Zimbabwean. So I'm really um, happy to profile just Zimbabweans who are really just making waves, flying the flag around the, the globe and just doing us proud. Like I'm just, yeah, when I watch your work, I'm just so proud. Proud that you're Zimbabwean. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm proud that you're Zimbabwe and you're doing this too. Oh, thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Um, as part of um, our ritual for our guests, so it's called the After Work Drinks Club. And yeah. we ask all of our guests to let us know what they would order at the virtual bar. So we're at the bar. What are you ordering? What's your drink of choice? Mm. 
I will have right now. Right now, I'll definitely have a cappuccino with lots of milk because ah. of because of the weather. It's really cold in Zimbabwe. And oh, okay, because it's winter, isn't it, in Zim? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like a nice warm drink. Exactly. And I'm drinking um, Blue Water. It's a brand, a uh, UK-based brand, and they've got these mixers, and I'm having a okay. ginger beer. So that's what I'm having right now. So no alcohol. Enjoy. <laughs> so we're doing soft drinks this evening. <laughs> so what would you like to toast to? I always ask my guests to toast to their highlight of the year. So when we look back in 2021 what's been the highlight of your year so far so we can toast to that you've had many Uh, so i know it's going to be hard to choose one but what would you like us to toast um, to it's definitely making it onto the forbes 30 under 30 uh, list of 2021 and it's definitely like a major highlight yeah that was amazing how did it feel when you because did you know you were going to be on the list or was it a surprise like how did you find out so I knew I was shortlisted. Um, so, the you know, when you get shortlisted, you go through the whole evaluation processes. And um, so I kind of knew that they were looking at my work and sort of evaluating the way we do our business. And then you submit a lot of documents. So like in terms of like your cash flow and just how your, your, your business is beneficial to not just financially, but how you make an impact and, and things like that. So there's a lot that we submitted. And... I just felt like, oh, you know, there's no way I'm going to make it. Like, it's just it's just a creative business. And it's not like one of those where we've got, like, statistics that are, like, on record and things like that, except for, you know, like, the clients that we worked with and our statistics on social media, which I thought is not enough. So I thought I was, yeah, done for. And mm-hmm. so it was, like, a couple of days before they make the announcement, and I was asked to join a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. And literally, they asked me a few more questions. I was like, oh, my God, not again, like. Not some more questions because <laughs> I thought we're done. And then mm-hmm. they then said, okay, so just click into the message box. And um, I looked at the message box and it says, welcome to Forbes Africa 30 under 30, 2021. And I was like, what? And then, yeah, that's how I knew. But still thereafter, you're, you're, you're asked not to mention it or to speak about it, to sign an NDA. Wow. And then they make the official announcement. And then, yeah, so then after that, I was able to share with everybody else. That's incredible. And who was the first person you told then? My grandparents. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually traveled down to where they live and I was like, guys, I've got some news. So my grandfather is, is a bit more like knowledgeable in this thing. So he mm-hmm. kind of knew what Forbes is about. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had no idea. So she was like, what's the big deal? Forbes? Ooh. Like, and then <laughs> my grandfather had to, I do, exactly. So. My grandfather had to explain to her to say, no, no, it's like a prestigious whatever. Then, then when she came up to speech, she was like the one who was celebrating even more. And like, let's kill him a chicken. Let's do this and whatever. So yeah, yeah it was, was nice. It was that a nice experience. That is incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is some, definitely something that we should toast to. So we'll just do a virtual cheers with my ginger beer and your cappuccino. So cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> cheers. Cheers to that. I mean, I mentioned earlier, you're from Zimbabwe and when you look at your bio, it's really incredible. And what I'm really impressed with, with is your, you know, multitude of skills. So you're a qualified um, chef with the city and guilds. You have qualifications in clothing design as well as interior design. 
And then, you know, in terms of your business as a wedding planner, you've gone to many international schools to actually learn the art of, of wedding planning. So, I mean, how did you get into this? Did you kind of start off as a chef and like, how did you get into all of these things, this, this craft? Geez, my, my story is a very long and windy one, but mm-hmm. just in a nutshell, I always wanted to be a medical doctor. So, you know, so school, it was like the prestigious thing to do. And in my family as well, a lot of people are medically oriented. So mm-hmm. we've got radiographers, we've got um, nurses in the family, we've got doctors in the family, et cetera. So that was what, you know, charity begins at home, right? So mm-hmm. that's what I thought I aspired to be. So always wanted to be a doctor. Um, and so I took up sciences for my uh, high school education and I failed. Mm. Like I didn't fail like, you know, with all the other small exams that you write, like in form one, form two, form three, like nothing was a problem. Mm-hmm. When I got to like the determining examination, I failed very bad, like mm-hmm. Disney and kind of got a bit affected by that. Like, you know, felt disappointed and stayed at home for a long time and didn't pursue any education because, Nationally How old were you at that point? How old were you when you Jeez, failed? I think it was like what? Like maybe 16? 16. Okay. So it's, yeah, and it's, I, okay. Yeah. And I didn't do anything 16, 17, 18. Like didn't do anything for like three years. Mm-hmm. Because I, was, I wouldn't, you know that thing in Zim where if you fail your examinations, like there's a thing where they say you can go ahead and repeat the, the form again. But I, was, yeah. I, I suppose I was, yeah, it was like, um. It wasn't a nice thing to do, like to go back and repeat and like yeah. people that were like in the year be, before, you're now learning with them. And so yeah. I didn't do anything for a while. And then, then that's when I kind of discovered my creativity, like, cause I'd be home a lot. So I'd change the furniture around and enjoy like doing the interior design in my grandparents' home. Mm-hmm. And I would like, you know, I wasn't too happy with some of the style of my clothing. So I'd like kind of cut things around and you know create something for my own and then an aunt of mine then said you know you're really creative why don't you then study uh clothing design and then that's how i you know i started studying uh, clothing design and then i also did interior design and then uh went through another phase between that where i thought i was going to be a gospel artist so like i was just singing in a gospel choir and then uh, landed into culinary school um, just after, you know, being in the gospel choir for like maybe six years. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then when I was in culinary school, um, there's a program that you need to do. So you you, you study and then you go and work like uh, as an intern in a hotel. So wow. it was there where they had like a um, department that does events mm-hmm. that was short staffed. So they asked someone to come help from the kitchen. So I volunteered and I then realized that I really enjoyed like putting an event together because mm-hmm. I'd get in there I'd be innovative and I'd be like, no guys, why don't you do the draping this way? Why don't we do the flowers this way, et cetera. I had never looked back from then, you know, um, it took one lady who was the head of department who said, I know you're starting to be a chef, but this, you actually have a calling event design. Like you, you just have it. Yeah. And that's exactly how it started. And, you know, here I am a couple of years later. That is that is actually very interesting like, to hear your story because I actually was um, on track to pursue a career in medicine similar to you. So right. did the sciences and and I didn't get the grades either. So I yeah. was 18 <clears throat> and 
I I mean I didn't get the grades for I think for personal reasons at the time. Right. But um, yeah. yeah, I like super bombed like my um A levels. And like I'm so grateful for that because just hearing you, like I feel like that wasn't really like my path. So it seems like for you, I can't I mean, imagine if you didn't exist in the world. We wouldn't have these fabulous <laughs> weddings and you know, and the movement that you started. So I feel like you're definitely in your purpose. And that's really interesting. Thank and you. how sometimes your your failures can actually just lead you to what you're you know, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Which is, thank you. Which is really key. And I mean, so you've kind of you you had that lady in your workplace say, you know what, Kevin, you've got this gift, you should pursue this. And then what made you like start on your own? So did you sort of start working in the hotels as, in terms of coordinating weddings or did you go and branch out on your own? Right. So the hotel, like, it wasn't like a permanent post. So it was in a place called Inyanga, which is it's far from everything. So I wouldn't have wanted to settle there for sure. So mm-hmm. I went back, came back to Narawi, which is the capital city where I'm based. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I just started, you know, kind of ask yourself questions like how, okay, so how am I going to be an event planner? How would I, what steps do I need to take, et cetera. And I'd seen a lot of like um, event planners on social media. So I created a Facebook page. I called it Kevin, the wedding planner. I had no clients there. Literally mm-hmm. I would, still pictures of Google shape and I would post them <laughs> on Facebook. And I'm like, hi guys, I did this wedding yesterday. And I was obviously <laughs> like, you. so you took visualization That's, to like a whole oh other my level. God. Like literally night, you know, and, um, but I was, I was quite dumb, you know, I was also young. So I would take pictures of weddings done in Paris and yeah. like there's an Eiffel Tower in the background. And I'm like, guys did this wedding in Harare last week. And then like, <laughs> People are like, dude, there's an Eiffel Tower in the background. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that is so funny. So it took one bride who was based in the UK. Mm-hmm. She then sent me a message on my on my Facebook inbox. And she says, you know, I can see that you're posting a lot of other people's work. But the way you do your collages and the types of weddings that you choose to like steal content from, <laughs> um, I, I can kind of see that you've got the vision. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a risk and give you my wedding to do. And wow. she was a Zimbabwean bride, but based in the UK. So she said, because I'm not on the ground, I need someone on the ground who's going to do ABC for me, etc." And then, so that's the first wedding. Like I literally did full throttle where I planned everything for them, etc. And then uh, on a wedding day, because, you know, I was still starting off. So I didn't have a laptop of my own. I had mm-hmm. to use like my mom's phone most of the time. To like communicate with this lady, etc. And then so so you know there's a thing in Zimbabwe where it's a wedding, it's such a big thing to bring gifts and like it's like a all blue in terms of like who's bringing the most money as a gift to the bride and groom. So they got like fourteen thousand US dollars at their wedding. Wow. So as the coordinator, I had to count it and then you know account for it and then gave it to the bride and then she took mm-hmm. out a thousand US dollars out of her stash and then she said, "I know my husband will be annoyed." if he knows I did this, but take this money and buy yourself a laptop, buy yourself a cell phone and start wow. a wedding planning business that's like properly done. Um, so you don't have to rely on your mom for her laptop, etc. That's one. Two, go and remove all the pa- the pictures you put on Facebook when you said you did the wedding and you didn't. And you can post everything off my wedding. You can post the flowers, you can post me getting ready, etc. And it was you know, so she, she really was a concept. And every time I travel to the UK, I, 
I, you know, I take a gift for her because like, I feel like she was my stepping stone and, yeah. and she believed in me when, you know, before like I was anything. And so. She's um, incredible. What, what year yeah, was this? This was in 2014. She is a God blessed woman. Like that is just like, I'm like, I want to meet her. I want to know who right. she is because <laughs> that is actually just so incredible that one, yeah. she um, saw, you know, took a, took a risk. Yeah. And then two was like, here's the money. And basically it was like your first investor. Exactly. Incredible. So, so yeah. So then when I took off all the old pictures and put the pictures of the current wedding I did, like I just got a lot of like feedback, like people, you know, obviously people can see that, okay, this is an actual wedding and <laughs> you know, this is like the real deal, you know, because mm-hmm. there were pictures of me with her like holding the bride's dress behind and you know, that kind of thing. So um, I started getting real inquiries there. Because people are like, oh my God, we saw the wedding you did. How much will you charge me, et cetera. So throughout the journey, there's a lot of things that I've had to learn, like in terms of like, you know, pricing correctly and doing things correctly in terms of like budgeting, et cetera. Um, so as soon as I started making money, I started, you know, trying to actively find institutions that do wedding planning training. So my mm-hmm. first training was at the South Africa School of Weddings, because in Zimbabwe, there isn't any institution that trains. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm going to open a school of wedding for events. But Amazing. that's a story for another day. But yeah. um, so I went to South Africa, did like a crush uh, program that was 14 days long. It was intense. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was a wedding planner, but I really wasn't a wedding planner until I went to that school and, you know, got all the tricks of the trade and learned a lot of the business side of event planning and the creatives, etc. And I haven't stopped learning since then. Like I've, you know, I've been to so many master classes. Uh, I'm going to a master class in in uh, in Greece in mm-hmm. October, hoping that you know COVID would have lifted. Uh, but yeah, so I, I I always actively want to learn, and yeah, you can never stop learning. That's really inspiring. You know, I've just had a light bulb moment just hearing you talk about how you um, upskill yourself, and you've actually inspired me because I do events at Girls London. We do events like summits and. Um, for black women in tech and I'm gonna actually do look for a course because I'm just thinking actually it's so important because sometimes you think oh it's just for maybe just weddings but I'm thinking do yeah. you know what that would make us better so you've yeah. just given me a light bulb moment yeah I'm glad <laughs> yes thank you for that thank you because I'm thinking no I need to you know because I think just hearing you um talk there is an art to I guess not just weddings, but events, even dinners. And I think it's like thinking about experiences. Like I feel like it just trans, it, it can translate to everything that you do in terms of doing it with detail and love and, and excellence. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And when you look at your um, international weddings, so you do a lot of international weddings. You're, you're really well known for that. I mean, what is that like? So you've kind of, you know what it's like in your home turf, but how did you then right. sort of go international? And what is that like? Um, geez, it's it's definitely a lot more work. Um, mm. But I kind of enjoy, I don't, I don't know what it is with event planners, but you enjoy the pressure because that's what keeps you going and like um, being able to create the most memorable experiences out of like very difficult conditions. So Obviously, when you're planning an international event, most of the clients or most of the wedding party or guests are actually not based in that 
destination. So you need to sort of arrange for, you know, part of my packages is arranging for their travel experiences, for their accommodation and and all that. So over and above the actual wedding day, it's about the guest experience, you know, mm-hmm. from when they land, for instance, in Cape Town. What's the experience, you know, driving to their accommodation and getting to the accommodation? What have we done in the accommodation facility that ties in with the wedding and gives them like a, a hard moment, like where you get into your room and there's truffle and there's strawberries, et cetera. And then it's just like, oh my God, like we've never experienced such a thing. So with that comes a lot of pressure and um, a lot more to deliver because you're now not just concentrating on the wedding day. So I don't know what it is, but I really enjoy it. I enjoy putting those experiences together and just the, the pressure, you know, mm-hmm. I think the, the pressure supersedes the, the, like I said, the wedding day. It's just each and every day is an experience for them and being able to create that experience for so many different people over and above the bride and groom for me is what makes it really exciting. And obviously international weddings bring a lot more in terms of the event aesthetic. There's a lot of things that are still not done in my country, like in Zimbabwe, that I can do when I travel abroad, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe use different texture flowers as well. So flowers that generally don't grow in our country or that you'd need to import when you're doing a wedding in Zimbabwe. But, you know, I'm able to go and do a wedding where you actually can just harvest tulips and lavender and orchids and, and just use them for your event. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really about that. There's just a lot more to offer. And, of course, the upside is traveling. Yeah. You know, just getting to travel while you're working is just really amazing. So it's, it's such fun. a beautiful opportunity. And I, I see on your Instagram, what stands out for, for me is I'm, I'm thinking about you as a leader. And what I'm yeah. really impressed is you crack that whip with your team. Like I see on Instagram <laughs> and you're like, no, this, this, this is not in a straight line. It needs to be in a straight line. Do this again. You're like, nope, do it again. Or whether it's decorating a table, you're like, nope, take it up. Nope, t- take it off and do it again. Like you have this like sort of drive for excellence. It, it appears would you say that's true based on my observations? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I mean, I think from an outsider's view, it's like, oh, well, this guy is so hectic. But I mean, my team now understands me, you know, a lot of the service providers that I work with, I always say I want to leave, you know, the service providers that I work with, I want them to be better people even after just working with me. Even if you get yes. an opportunity to work with me once, you must be able to implement something that I've sort of, um, used in the way that I work into your own business and just better your business because a lot of creatives take themselves lightly. It's almost Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'm just a photographer and I just edit my pictures, et cetera. But it's, you know, I just want people to take themselves seriously. And that way you can make huge strides in something that you're passionate about. So I am quite hectic, you know, quite pedantic and um, I, I suppose that's how we get the quality of weddings that we do, you know, exactly. a lot of things that I just left, you know, to chance, we don't leave anything to chance. Like the way cutlery is laid on a table and the way glassware is laid on the table is, is very specific. The symmetry, the texture, the, you know, just everything just coercively coming together to create one vision for an event for me is, is, is really just amazing. So but I think it's yeah. also what, what differentiates you from others, right? It's it's that, I think it's, it just makes you stand out as excellence, right? And it's doing things to like the highest level, doing it, doing it to the best. 
um, yeah. and giving your clients the best. Like I feel like when people hire you, they know, you know, that they're going to get the very best in, in every aspect, which I think is really great. And I think people need to, it translates into all sectors because no matter what, especially if like you're service um, driven, because I can be quite challenging as, um, as a, as a leader with my girls yeah. London team. Like I am on their necks a lot. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I really think it's, it's important that when I've had feedback from my clients, they'll say, you know, with Girls London, you're so organized, like you're one of our best partners because so when you get that feedback, it's, it, you kind of then realize actually it's really key in terms of making your business stand out. So I can relate to that. I can relate to that. You mentioned around like you love traveling and I love traveling as well. And I just wanted to find out like, how was your business impacted by the global pandemic? Jeez, it was it's been hectic. I mean, it's, you know, the pandemic is still with us. So we're just kind of having to kind of have to sort of evolve from mm-hmm. that we can't do things the same way that we used to. And that's the only way to move ahead because we're not sure how long this pandemic is going to be with us. So at the beginning, it was one of those where, you know, you're struggling with making any changes and wanting to still gather 500 people at a wedding and things like that. So because of like the restrictions on social gatherings in several countries, it's been such a hard hit for a lot of us, in, mm-hmm. you know, in the industry. But then again, it, it kind of teaches you also not to put all your eggs in one basket. I never used to understand what that was about. You know, I just used to think, hey, like if, in my, if I'm in a lane and I'm good in that lane, I'm just going to stick in that lane, you know, mm-hmm. type thing. Only until COVID, you know, kept you at home and you actually can't do an event, et cetera. Then you actually realize, Wait, what else can I do out there? Mm. So uh, during the first year of um, COVID, right about maybe we'd been in lockdown for like three months and I started having to think, okay, now like, you know, finances are kind of just, you know, going away and like we now need to kind of make money. So mm-hmm. we had to kind of think about, you know, what else we can do, which was not, um, you know, event planning, say. So we started doing luxury gifting so you know it, it wasn't like a new concept it's just wasn't done a lot in Zimbabwe so we started doing like packaging you know gifts so like let's say you want to gift your husband something for their birthday mm-hmm. because they can't gather and have a party then we'd curate like a, a gift for them so find out what the favorite elements are for each person and then create something that's bespoke and then you know deliver it you know even the way that would deliver a gift would be like just, you know, find something different. We put like maybe fill a huge box with helium balloons. And then when you open the gift and then all those balloons just go, like it's just this experience. And, and a good experience, yeah. Yeah, and, and creating like the packaged uh, floral blooms that we we traded quite a lot in, in Harare for those. And, you know, we'll deliver these to people's wives, girlfriends, et cetera. It's almost like a luxury piece to have that's been done by Kevin. And, oh. and so that kept the business afloat, you know, we... We, we were very, very busy with that. I mean, we're still busy with luxury gifting. Just last weekend, at about about two days ago, we actually did uh, a car reveal. So, um, I saw this that. Guy, yeah. So yes. that's part of our luxury gifting service where we, we thought, okay, so what's the best way to, you know, give this gift? You know, it's such a big gift. It's a car. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everyone's just at the ball on the car and they're, you kind of just go and say, here's the car. So we actually put the car in a huge box and mm-hmm. filled it up with balloons and had this girl walk down a, a red carpet and then she got there and then opened the box and 
all those balloons just came out and, you know, the car was inside. So that's, you know, part of the ways that we've pivoted and sort of ideas that, you know, are not really event planning because you're not putting so many people together. It's just planning that experience even between two people, you know. Yeah, So that's awesome. Yeah, it's been, it's been, you know, I mean, I've got my peers that are not doing what I'm doing and I'm just like imagining like how they're coping. It's it's terrible. It but you kind of just need to evolve. Yeah, you need to literally think out of the box and, um, and create something that you can offer as a service to your clients. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I think one thing I feel that we're quite lucky, I guess, in the UK is that we had like the government um, assistance yeah. with businesses. So they were given a lot of support, but sometimes in different, you know, different um, geographies, everyone has their different sort of packages. And I know America doesn't give as much support, for example, to as yeah. the UK government has to businesses. So I just always think, God, like there are some, and there are some actually, so even in the UK, there are some like friends of mine that I know who have businesses, but, but they didn't qualify for the government grant. And I'm just, I don't even know like how they survived. Like it's just really sort of shocking. And I think yeah, it's key. Like I think maybe the lesson in the pandemic is, it's really important, like you said, to have multiple streams of income. Um, and yeah. Is that why you kind of are thinking about starting your um, academy? Yes, definitely. I mean, I just feel that there's, you know, I, I run into so many like direct messages on my Instagram, on my Facebook, on my WhatsApp, on my email. People just say, how did you start? How can I, you know, because there's, there's an industry, like this is a whole industry. So there's business for everyone. We could have seven Kevin wedding and event planners in Zimbabwe and still have work for each. So I just thought, you know, like as a way of kind of giving back as well, I should really start like some kind of mentorship, maybe not one-on-one where we can do like masterclasses where people can come in for like a a three-day program where we go through all the fundamentals of starting an event planning business because there are also mistakes that I made that I wouldn't want someone to make in their business. For instance, like, how I started my business, stealing other people's work and putting it on social media. It's that like was, a no-no. <laughs> yeah, that's like a no-no. Like, yeah. there's so many ways that you can create your social media content without having to steal someone else's work. You know, there's style shoots. You can collaborate with so many other suppliers and bring out, like, you know, a beautiful style shoot or a photo shoot and still get work off those pictures, you know, type of thing. So I just want to get into training and, you know, um, because I, I know that there are a lot of people that are like me that are probably stuck somewhere where they think, you know, this is it, you know, I'm doing medicine and this is it. When actually within there, they've got that creativity and can make a living of something that they're really passionate about and something that is just, you know, creative. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. support you in that 100%. And for me, I feel that there's so many talented young Zimbabweans and I think you're such a role model that to do that um, will be incredible. So I'm just, I'm, I'm rooting for that because I think it's so important, like you said, to just show um, young people how you can, you know, be entrepreneurial and how to be, how to be professional and just how to get yeah. started. I think it's, it's, it's incredible. And I mean, I guess what is, what are your kind of plans? So you've got the Academy you're doing now, now the world's opening up again, you've got, um, the wedding planning as well. Are you still going to do the luxury gifting as well? Are there any other things that you're kind of going to expand on as well? Yeah. So luxury gifting is, you know, I've just, it's such a a, a good market. Like, I mean, mm. some people would rather not have like a big event and just 
gift something in private to their wife or their boyfriend or whatever. So that's definitely going to be like a subsidiary of the business and it's going to go, it's going to have its own department and people running it. You know, I, I, you know, luxury gifting, I don't really need to be up in there and like watching the symmetry, et cetera. And like, if they <laughs> learn how to wrap things up and et cetera, it, you know, it's, it's a skill that you can learn and just go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to do more destination events and weddings. And like I explained earlier, more of an excursion, you know, I've done a couple of excursions and um, because of the lockdown, you know, where families would say, um, we're just going to go away to the Victoria Falls, you know, seven of us. And instead of just doing the good old um, package that's given by a travel agent where you arrive and then you do like a a game drive and, and you have a sunset cruise and that's it. Like I want to be able to create like different experiences out of that whole time where you're away. So it's definitely like, I want to do excursions, definitely destination excursions. So this could be local regionally within Southern Africa, because there's a lot of like resorts and um, um, facilities that I, I feel uh, connect with the, with, with what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. And obviously doing the good old, you know, Paris tour or, um, in an experience in Lake Como and Dubai, oh, yes. et cetera, just packaging all that into like something that's just mind blowing. It's not just, I'm on a flight, get off in Dubai, get into a taxi, go and sleep in my room for 12 hours and then only go out for an hour. Like literally have something to do like every second hour type of thing. So yeah. it's definitely something that I am uh, uh, really wanting to expand it. Um, and working so hard at, you know, landed my first wedding in Dubai. It's really happy uh, doing that in October. So yeah. it's going to be a good trial and error. But yeah. I don't think anything's going to go wrong. You know, I always try to identify the best service providers within that area. People that have the same business acumen, the same, you know, the same values in, in the way that they run their businesses. And I always have a way of finding that out. You know, I do my evaluation processes very, very big on evaluating before I work with someone just oh. so, with, so that I see where their mind is and so what, 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 what is yeah. that how do you evaluate someone because that, that's a good um skill if before right. you work with someone what's the um evaluation that you do so so first of all like I kind of see like um social media is always like a big way of seeing how passionate someone is about their work right because like it kind of gives you an insight into like a working process. So, you know, like the Instagram highlights and stories kind of show you how someone's actually working on, 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 on site. Mm-hmm. And if you're proud of something, you're definitely going to have it out there. Like there's no way I'd be happy with my work. It still keep it in a folder somewhere at home just yeah. for me to see, like, you know, so, and then I also go through like a questionnaire with each service provider. So depending on the service that's being rendered. So with photographers, there's a couple of things that I kind of, go through like in terms of questions, et cetera. And even just going on a Zoom call with them. Like I like just how, you know, when we started the podcast and before we actually started recording, just, you know, just kind of seeing how passionate you are about what you do. And yeah. that in itself is, a, is a, it's an evaluation process, you know, just seeing like what the demeanor is around the way you work and just that happiness around what you're doing, you know, because the last thing I want is to have a crappy photographer Mm. you know, servicing my, my client, you know, like my bride is not going to be at liberty to like 
smile and do whatever they want on the day because mm-hmm. like the photographer just looks hectic, you know, type of thing. So a couple of like phone calls here, there, questions and you know, that's that's basically what the evaluation is. Like you won't know that I'm evaluated. So I would say, hey, um, let's have an evaluation process, etc. It's just the way I do it. You know, I'd be like, hey, like let's catch up on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I just want to hear more about your packages. So like for me, like email me, emailing me your packages is not enough. Like because mm-hmm. that's just everything on Blueprint says you get 500 photos and whatever. I want to understand. So well, how did you start photography? Like why did you even do it? And then if you say to me, how oh, are I really don't like it. I just do it because it's, you know, it's got a lot of money. So I just do it because of the money. Then, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that, that's not my person, you know, yes. because I don't want to be pushing you on the day. Like maybe we've gone over time because mm-hmm. the bride was late or whatever. And then now the next thing is just, yeah, I'm like, but you booked me for six hours. So I'm not going to do photography for the last hour. That's You know, type of thing. But if someone is passionate, they'll be like, you know, I understand, but, you know, let's make it work. And we're all there as a team, like team exactly. effort. And, making things work. Maybe if it starts raining and things need to change and whatever, I just need to have a team that's reliable that I know that I can push them. You know, um, mm-hmm. if there's a, any remuneration that needs to come after, like if there's extra charges for extra hours, like obviously I won't make people work for free, but yeah. just the, the, the unction to actually just want to do it, you know, without saying like dragging and, and, exactly. and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, that so basically so that's just how I do it. That's really, that's really sensible. I think, I think you definitely, yeah, have to do that kind of subtle evaluation with, you know, you know, whatever business you, you work in. And I mean, I guess like going back to your level of attention to detail, which I think we touched on earlier, um, where did that come from that mistakes that you've made or where does that come from? Because people, because you know what, <laughs> one of my biggest gripes, yeah, with yeah. my team, anyone that works for me is attention to detail. It's such a hard skill, right? Yeah. To teach and to have. Um, and I think mine is quite, quite, quite good, right? I could spot loads of things or something, something is not right. But I think it's, it come, right. mine comes from, I guess, my experience in doing what I do. But also, um, just like my passion and how much I care about every how every little thing works. Is that the same for you, or is it from um, past mistakes? So for me, I think it's 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 a lot of things that just have come together, you know. So past mistakes, definitely, mm-hmm. and also I think it, it's kind of inborn as well because the people that just don't care, yeah. like they're just not like that, and and it's it's so difficult to try to like kind of mold them to be that. And sometimes like I, that's where I also kind of identify my strengths or like my, my team's strengths and weaknesses. So if there's like someone who's not like very attentive and like nitpicky on how things should look, et cetera, I find what their skills are and like mm-hmm. nurture that and not try to force them to be doing things in symmetry because some people actually just don't have it. Like yeah. they, they don't get it. Like they won't see the difference between this pouch and this one, like it just yeah. looks the same to them, you know, that type of thing. So where you can trade and, 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 and kind of bring up the skill you can. But for me, I think I've always kind of had it um, also just, you know, the way I was raised. So I was raised by my grandparents because my mom died when I was really young. So my grandmother was a bit of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So the way things were laid in the house, you know, she was a clean freak. She, um, 
she would harvest flowers. So she was also kind of raised in the colonial era where they to live in like mission schools. So there's a lot of things that they like uh, British norms that they picked up. So where you cut flowers in the garden and then put them in a vase and put them on the table in the house. Yeah. So those are things that I also picked up. You know, my grandmother would be like, wow. go place some flowers, you know, and, and things like that. And would do gardening. But even in gardening, like in my grandparents' house, like the light, the ridges where you're actually planting things, you needed to be straight and it wow. just wasn't random. Yeah. So it's a skill that I obviously picked up as I went, you know, things that yeah. I probably didn't know were important, but just instilled in me when I was young. And now I just know that like, it just makes everything look better. And, you know, there's a difference between like something that's well put in symmetry. It's just random. Yeah. That's interesting. That is incredible. So your grandparents actually were molding you for your future career. Like who knew they were? <laughs> exactly. They had no idea. So like even now when I have conversations with them, I'm like, do you remember when you used to force me to set the table and they're just like, uh, <laughs> no, like, and I'm just like, yeah, but it happened, you know? You're like, so, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Because now I know how to set a table. I know when cutlery is not straight. I know when the fork is on the wrong side and the knife is on the wrong side type of thing. Yeah. That is awesome. I've always wanted to, like, one of the things I just want to be able to do, and I just never get it right. Do you know Lisa Vanderpump? She's at this restaurant and she has these super successful restaurants in LA um, and around the world. But she has this gorgeous mansion and she throws these amazing dinner parties with um celebrities but what I love about her is everything is like attention to details when you come to her house it's like you have your cocktail arrival cocktails and then you have like your canapes and she and the decor is just you will just out of this world, out of this world. And that's just been really inspiring to watch because I've always wanted to know, like, I wish I could throw like this um, <laughs> perfect dinner parties where like my guests are like, oh my God, wow. Like welcome cocktails or canapes, not just to stomp into my place and be like, yeah. you know. So she, she's just like, she's got this art because of what she does in terms of even in her home um, of like throwing like amazing dinner parties. And I just wondered like from, from you, like what would be like your advice for our listeners? Like to like, even if it's like the top five things or top three things that, you know, a fabulous host must do for her guests for like a dinner party. Okay. So the first thing is you must always realize, like, I think this is one thing that I've realized is like the epitome of putting anything together. The the most important thing is for your guests to think that you you really thought out the attendance. So, mm-hmm. like, let's say you're hosting five friends. Yeah. You must be able to ask them prior, what do you like, you know, um, like, what would you like as a starter? You know, like, the effort, I know it, it takes a lot more work that to just do one starter and they just... Mm rolling out and it goes. But like it's <laughs> every friend, like if you've got five friends, exactly. Like yeah. you've got five friends and one is having like prawns, one is having salmon, etc. Like for them, it'll be like, wow, like she actually went out and made something that I would appreciate. So things yeah. like that. Okay. And and personalize. So first of all, it's always like don't be shy to pre-inquire. Like if you're going to host someone, ask them. Or if like even if you're going for a date, just ask someone, what do you like? If they say, I like Nando's. And even if that does to you, then your head is like very basic. 
Like, go to Netflix because that's what's going to be an experience for them. You know, like, yeah. posting is for is about the other person. Unfortunately, right. it's it yeah. sucks. Uh, but also you get gratification from seeing them happy. So that's mm-hmm. where you then get your high. So if you're not really for Nando's, but like if you're in Nando's and this person's enjoying, that also makes you feel good. Like, oh, we're actually going to have a good time because, you know, she's happy or he's happy. And yeah, so that makes you happy. So that's the first point of call. Or let's find out, you know, like find out what okay. they like, et cetera. And then create something that's on there. And then people also love personalization. So mm-hmm. say you've invited girls to like a pajama party, for instance, mm-hmm. and you've made maybe like little ropes that have their names. So yes. it's always about going an extra mile. That's yes. going to be like priceless to them. Like they're going to take those robes and have them as souvenirs for the rest of their lives, whatever. But like things like that. So just always find something that is not just generic because yeah. the plate is the plate. A spoon is a spoon. A fork is a fork. There's nothing you can do with that, you know, mm-hmm. but things that you can personalize. It could be like little even thank you cards that you can just write with your handwriting to say, Oh, you know, thank you for being, for spending this time with me, blah, 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 and things like that. So for me now, it, it's really come away from how things always look mm. because I, I've made, I've done so many weddings that are so beautiful to the bride and groom, but are terrible to the mother-in-law because it's just like, ha, you guys used black and black is not a, a wedding color. Black is like, yeah, if you don't have color, I'll like, but for the bride and groom, it's like so beautiful. So exactly, yeah. So now one is trying to accommodate the others as well. Like, yes, you know, like especially if it's a small celebration, it's really about the people that you're inviting. So yes. when you're hosting, like, always think about about that. You know, yes. And obviously, just going the extra mile in terms of just making sure that everything is clean, mm-hmm. everything is in symmetry, everything like you know, things smell good. Like, imagine everyone using like all their senses, like where they mm. touch, how they feel. Like if it's like a linen napkin, when they touch it, they must feel like, oh my God, like, you know, this is not just a serviette that's made of yes. like paper, you know, things yeah. like that. So think out, like, how is it spending? How does it look? You know, how mm-hmm. does it feel? And, and, you know, that type of thing. So basically I think that's, um, I would say like, that's where anything that you're planning should stream from. It should be yeah. about how are these people going to feel? You know, how am I making it memorable for them mm-hmm. and that type of thing. But there's so much like free internet um, material on like, if you're going to do like a formal dinner, it, you have to do a formal dinner and it has to be correct. So mm-hmm. the way you're going to lay your cutlery, et cetera, like don't just guess like that. You're going to put a spoon there and a fork there, whatever. Just Google. Google Take sitting yeah, at home. Sure yeah, there's a lot of resources out there. That mm-hmm. you can just use wine glass should be at, should it be on the left hand side should be on the right hand side. What is the reasoning about that? And sometimes it can even be the education to your guests. So your friends mm-hmm. come in, and you're like, guys, I've set the table. You'll notice that on the left hand side we've got two forks, on the right hand side we've got two knives. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to start with the starter. So your starter, you use the cutlery from the inside going all the way out, etc. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That mm-hmm. also makes it an experience, you know, just from the words. And just them getting that education. They're like, oh my God, I don't know this. Like, they'll even tell you that one time I went to a restaurant and I used the wrong cutlery or whatever, things like that. Have like specialized things like where if, they're gonna, if you're going to have fish, have a fish mm-hmm. knife. If you're going to have steak, have a steak knife in the house and things like that. So those are the little things that make oh, it so memorable. Incredible. 
Well, yeah. you know what? I just feel like, listen, well, the old me, you would have hated coming to, to my place for dinner because I would have just cooked you what I wanted to eat. <laughs> you would have got just some paper napkin, <laughs> the wine glasses, you'd pick it from the counter. So now I feel like, actually, these are small things. So now yeah. when you're in the UK, I have to be like, right, now I've right. learned. Yes, I'd have to show you what I've learned because now I'm like, right, I need a fish, a, a fish fork, a, a steak fork. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you've definitely given um, me and I'm sure our listeners just the kind of 411 on on, a, and a, on sort of um, being the perfect host. But I think you're, you're, what you've also shared is as well is, I guess, a gem, not just for hosting dinners, but I think just like if you have a business or even like when you're at work, right, it's not about necessarily you, like what would you like or you know, what do you want to do? But thinking about what the other person wants, right? So if you're yeah. in the service business, making sure it's about the person and, and things like that and the experience. So that's really great. Thanks so much for sharing all those tips. We're going to come to like the end of the podcast, but I just want to kind of get a little bit underneath the surface uh, into Kevin, the human being. And you you mentioned your your grandparents who sound incredible. Uh, is there anyone else who's in your support system who has your back? Jeez, uh, I'm so blessed, hey. Like I, when I started the my wedding planning business, I bumped into two people. Um, I was actually looking for a specific ornament, or should I say, a, a piece that we use in weddings. So it's called mm-hmm. a candelabra. So. A candelabra where you put like several candles on top of it, etc. So they normally come in like a brass or like a metal, wooden, etc. I was looking for glass ones, mm-hmm. and there was this lady called Lungi and the gentleman called Craig. Mm-hmm. They were the only ones that had them in town. So I went to like a Facebook group where I was asking, like, do you know where I can get this um, piece of inventory for a wedding that I have? And so I went to their showroom. So they were running a decor company. And they had uh, a candelabra. So we hired it, but we got along like a house on fire. Mm-hmm. So we literally were just, you know, we just, we're from the same hometown, so which is Malayo. So mm-hmm. we all kind of discovered that we're from Malayo and, you know, we sat around and, you know, after that, we're like, after the wedding, please come in and let's just have coffee. That's nice. And we then realized that we're all doing different things. So Lungi, is mainly like a florist and then Craig is like an event designer and I'm a wedding planner. So Louis just said to me, guys, what if we just merge our brands and they just come up with one brand mm-hmm. and just work together because we get along and, you know, if you have a wedding planning gig, then you'll bring me in with floristry and then you'll bring mm-hmm. Craig in on event design. And if I have a wedding, I could bring you in as a wedding planner, etc. Then at first I was just like, hey, guys, I want to keep my brand, it's Kevin. So I just, you know, I feel like that will be dissolved. And like, no, you can still be who you are, like it's Kevin, but mm-hmm. we just come under a team, like maybe VIP hosting, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So those are my two business partners. I mean, from then, oh. we then decided to run the business together. Um, uh, Louis is not so much of a social media person. Uh, Craig mm-hmm. is. He's also on social media. His name is Craig Zui. And so we've grown together, like through the years, we've pushed each other to like, get event education, et cetera. And in in the event space, they're really my biggest support system. I, I don't even need to get inspiration from abroad, from people that I don't know, because mm-hmm. they're like literally pushing me to say, Kevin, you can do this. Like remember even my first destination event, I was just like, I oh, guess like a lot, but they're like, okay, it's fine. Like mm-hmm. 
we'll go together. Like, or we'll do this together and things like that. So even now, like our friendship is just, I mean, they're like, just like my sister and brother, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're my best friends basically. And of course I've got other friends that I've, you know, accumulated through like my life experiences, like the time that I was in the gospel choir, I've got like friends that I made there that I still, that are still like very supportive of what I do now. But my biggest support is my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much of a family man. So I always run back to my grandparents. Like if I feel like, like there's a void in my life. Um, unfortunately, at this point, I don't have like another special person who, who like I run to for counsel or for comfort. Like they're my cushion. So mm-hmm. when I'm anxious about anything, et cetera, they're the people that I speak to, you know, my aunts, my uncles, like those are the people that kind of keep me going, you know, um, they're like there for me. And always, you know, like on my side, et cetera. So I really have a lot of like, my support system is quite intact. I'm very, very fortunate because I know that there are people that are creative that have no one who's going to say, go for it. You know, like sometimes it just takes that. Like it just takes someone who's going to say, you know, just go for it. You know, I know it doesn't make sense right now because some of the ambitions that I had like were just like ridiculous. Like, why don't you just go back to school, get formal education and, like, you know. <laughs> I know, but people who are not exactly. creative don't get that. They, yeah, they, they yeah. don't understand. They don't understand sort of why we do crazy so, things. So, yeah, so I really am so fortunate. Like, even my aunt, um, she's like a scientist who's in medicine. But, like, mm-hmm. from the from the point that she realized that I'm a creator, she was like, it's fine. Go and do the creative stuff there. Like, don't, you don't have to do like formal education. It's okay. I understand. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just have that kind of support especially from family is like the biggest thing yeah it goes a long i think that's way. why i'm snacking in the relationship side of things because like yeah. i've got it so good with family and support like now nah, i feel like i don't i don't need anyone else you know type of thing <laughs> exactly but you know you got you gotta have the right person because yeah you know if you've got such a solid like team and friends and family like an outside person right can disrupt that dynamic so you got to, yeah, got to be careful. Yeah, and like, why are you traveling again? Or why are you still <laughs> at a wedding at 2 a.m.? Like, it's just like, oh my God. Exactly, like, who are you with? myself. Exactly. And how do you check in with yourself? You know, it's a busy period or you're trying to sort of just find some time to like get recentered. Like, what do you do to kind of just regroup? Very terrible at that, hey? Like, I really? actually, yeah, like I'm, I'm so bad with downtime and, because like I've I've got some so so try to imagine this if I've got like twelve brides in my portfolio, mm-hmm. they've got uh, different grooms, different families, different color schemes, different concepts and vision boards, etc. So always like my mind is always thinking about wow like they should like I shouldn't miss out on anything because all these details are very important and each bride mm-hmm. is different and I yeah. can't mix the detail from Vanessa's wedding to Valerie's wedding because. Mm-hmm then that's just going to be a myth. So like, I really should take time out and just like switch off and zone out. Yes. But most of the times when I'm zoning, I'm like, even when, I, when I'm in a flight, I'm thinking if I don't have network, I'm thinking, oh my God, maybe my bride has messaged me asking about this. Now I haven't responded to her and that kind of oh, stuff. So it's wow. it's a terrible place to be. I really, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to man- maneuver like what I can do, like this pastime that can take me off work because yes. I am so in work. Like, I eat, sleep, drink, work every single day. And yeah. I, I enjoy what I do. So there's mm-hmm. a danger in that because like you enjoy, but 
the body needs to rest. So like for instance, like this past like month and a half, I've literally been just hopping from one place to another, from Dubai, from doing my consultations for the wedding I have, mm-hmm. to Joburg, where I did like an engagement shoot for one of my brides. I really don't have to be involved in an engagement shoot for my bride, but I literally, and they just think, okay, like, but who's going to help them if I'm not, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Go from there, went and did a, four, a 40th birthday in Cape Town, stayed there for a bit, consulting for a 50th that I'm doing in two weeks. Yeah. Came back to Zim, uh, did a small private event for one of my clients, did the card reveal just yesterday. Oh my God. Tomorrow, I'm flying out to to Victoria Falls because yeah. I've got an event uh, this weekend in Victoria Falls. Oh Come God. back just after Victoria Falls for a wedding that I could have literally said, it's fine, I'm not available, but mm-hmm. I'm now having to get like a charter that's going to take me straight after that wedding to fly back to Zim so that I can do another wedding on the Sunday. Gosh. It's ridiculous. And I really need to find a way to just say no and relax. I mean, yeah. lockdown has really blessed me in the sense that, I mean, I involuntarily then went into like just, you know, like zoning art mode. Otherwise, I would have, I think I would have just been burnt out by now. So, yeah. So maybe the pandemic was a blessing for you. I mean, when you yeah. kind of like zone out then, because you're quite creative and in, in, into interior design, are you on like Pinterest, for example, in your spare time? Or do you like read magazines or that, that kind of thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just actually don't watch TV. Like, I'm always like looking for inspiration. So instead of like going on, um, on Netflix, Real Housewives, like I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because that would be a good pastime, eh? I'll yes. only watch something if it has like some relevance to to my industry. So I like that you brought this up because that's going to be like something that I really want to watch because I know that yeah. I'm going to learn something. So yeah, like recently I've been watching uh, Senate Sunset because like it's a oh, luxury. Right? Yeah. Then there's a wedding that comes up on, on one of the seasons. So yeah, literally watched it because of that wedding and then, then watched all the other episodes after watching the wedding. So uh-huh. yeah, so geez, I'd really need to find a way to just so not yeah it's hard though yeah. it's hard and I think you know we have to be kind to ourselves like because sometimes you can kind of just be like oh I haven't had time to 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 zone out but I what I've learned um a lot this year is like my time for myself can be like five minutes in the morning like it doesn't have to be this kind of big <laughs> you know some people are like you know when I wake up I brew my coffee and I meditate for 30 minutes and then I do my affirmations for another 20 minutes I don't have time. So even if it's, it's like, five minutes just to sit there and then I'm kind of good to go, I do feel that's helped my well-being more so than finding an hour every morning. Like, I can't. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I get it's, you. It's the little things. It's the little things. Okay, so we're coming up to the end of this um, episode and it's called the quick fire round. So I'm just going to ask you some questions and okay. you've got to tell me, like, a, give me a quick response and the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So the first one is, what has been the trip that changed your life or the most memorable? The, my first destination winning to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that kind of just opened, changed my life in the sense that I used to just imagine doing events and weddings in Zimbabwe. And mm-hmm. it was just going to be that. And so I went to Cape Town for something completely like different and bumped into like a service provider was putting a wedding together, et cetera. Didn't realize that, wait, I don't need to actually travel with all the zone providers from Zim. I can actually work with locals, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's really changed my, my life in the sense that 
I've become an internationally acclaimed brand, I suppose, because now I don't have to like just work in Zimbabwe. I have spoken at conferences in Zambia, Ghana, Nigeria. I've done wedding in the UK. I've done it, it just opened me up to like so many possibilities that I'd have never imagined just being in Zimbabwe. You know how it like you're just yeah. there and you feel like you're doing extremely well, but there's a lot more that's happening just outside. And so for me, that that trip to Cape Town really opened my eyes and was life-changing. That's incredible. When, what year was that? That was in 2018. Not too far off, actually. Yeah. Okay. Would you ever work for someone else again? No. And why not? I just the, the luxury of time. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's so important being able to be on a podcast with you. Yeah. Like, if you're working for someone else, like there's a lot of consulting on time and mm-hmm. can I do this now? And like tomorrow I could just wake up and like be booked in Cape Town and just up and go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't do when you're committed to someone because it's their time. You're like running on their time and you're working yeah. on their time, etc. And it's their terms. So you really can't just up and go. So for me, because like I've tasted and I've seen the luxury of time and just how beautiful it is to be able to just do whatever whatever and run your own program like you can't pay me enough to be going to a nine to five and just be doing something for someone else yeah yeah so you think it's it's all the all the sacrifices is is worth it for that having your time your time back definitely brilliant and the last quick fire round question is what has been the toughest time in your career i think i've been really blessed in my career my career has started you know it started and it just went 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 like it's mm-hmm. i haven't had like a low low amen yeah it just it's just been from glory to glory yeah i've, I've i mean i've had like little bouts of like like maybe for instance recently one mm-hmm. of the hardest things for me was there's an event that i was planning mm-hmm. biggest event that i was probably going to do in my life like any event planner would be dying to do such an event yeah and opportunity was taken away from me oh. so after like you know we'd actually already started the pro- the process etc oh, yeah. and then i actually don't know what happened look well literally the client just came back and said oh no i thought otherwise i'm gonna use like an agency in the united kingdom because they've kind of done something similar and yeah like this is all passion ways it's just like wow Man. yeah that was in june and yeah. kind of gotten over it but yeah, it was like that time, like I like actually went into a bit of depression. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when something so good has been given to you, then it's just taken away. Yeah. Yeah, so. And how yeah, did you that, get think, out of that? Because you said you kind of got in a bit of a depression and then did you just, how did you get out of it? You kind of like, you kind of also just sit. Like for me, I think my character, I would like be sitting and just drowning more and more into like my misery. Mm-hmm. Like I, I. I'm so lucky the sense that like if something else comes up, you know, and then I just put all my energy into that and yeah. like, that's it. Like that's when I got an inquiry to do like a 40th, but I was in Cape town for like four days and we did like an all white party on a yacht. They did like the wine lands. They did like a, a party, like at a prestigious hotel that I've always, always wanted to work in. Mm-hmm. So thank God that that opportunity also came in. So it kind of clouded my disappointment mm-hmm. and uh, straight after that 
um, also got like the call to go into the wedding in Dubai. So yeah, so that helped me. Um, yeah. yeah, but and I promise you, like that 40th hadn't happened, that trip to Dubai happened. I probably would be like, what can be? Oh, gosh. After everything I've done. But yeah, you know, that's everything. So, yeah. But it's hard because it's like rejection is hard, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I and mean, there are days, like, there are days when it just kind of comes in and just like, jeez, mm-hmm. I could have been doing that event. But you, you have to definitely make, like, intentionally pull yourself out of those moments because you can literally just drown it. It, it, it will be terrible for you. So exactly. sometimes you just have to, like, if you have to eat, eat. And be happy. Like, just find something that makes you happy and do it. And keep on, keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Kevin, we've come to the end. You've been an amazing guest. You could just, I could just Aww. talk for hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed your time with us at the Afterwork Drinks Club. It's been great to to touch base with you, and I know our listeners are going to just learn so much from your story. So, with each episode. We have a debrief with my producer, Ryan. So, Ryan, welcome. What do you think about Kevin's episode? Uh, I really, really love Kevin's spirit um, and his passion and his attention to detail. I mean, there's just so much in this episode that just makes you, it can make you look at everything you're doing differently. And that's what I really loved. Um, When you have someone that takes care as much as he does with everything he does, it kind of makes you look at, all right, how am I creating experiences for my clients am I making it as excellent as it could be it really opens up your eyes it does it does I think for me it's how I was really impressed with how he has so many qualifications and Mm. like um expertise like he's an interior designer and I think I think for for the listeners who can see the visuals on social media if you look at his backdrop, like his apartment was just like, the, the background yeah. was so like uh, beautiful. And then, <laughs> you know, he's like, a, you know, a, a qualified chef and he's just got, he can make clothes. Yeah. He can sing. <laughs> like the guy is like super qualified. He's marvelous. You know? And for me, it's like, do you know what? It just makes you think, okay, never stop learning. And, mm. you know, because you know god forbid but say if something like we had this pandemic just in the last two years you know kevin you know for example was doing you know wedding planning but he also could have you know fallen back on being a chef Mm, or interior designing so i think it just taught me to really think about how can i continuously upskill myself Mm. because you just never know you never know when you might need to use your your talents it's so true and also because he's an interior designer a chef all of those elements contribute towards a big event like a wedding like you need all of that expertise so he can speak to the Mm -hmm. chefs in a certain way he can speak to the you know the designers in a certain way and yeah that all that all complements it but like you said as well being able to kind of sidestep and pivot and fall back on different skills is just amazing so yeah never stop learning Mm -hmm. never stop learning exactly and and I loved the story he told about that lady in the UK who believed in him when he did her first, um, his first wedding. Yeah. And she gave him like a thousand US dollars to buy a laptop yeah. from her gift and money for her wedding. And for me, it just made me think like, you know what, there's, there's there are still good people out there. Mm. And then it also made me think about, okay, who were my angels? 
Yeah. Do I remember them? How can I let them know that I appreciate them? Because there've been so many people in my career so true. who believed in me. Like there's this woman and she's kind of like busy right now with, with life, but I'm always like emailing her. I never get a response back, but I'm always <laughs> emailing her to say like, you are the first person to, to believe in me. Her name was Donna. Right. And she worked at uh, O2, who were like my first corporate client ever. And she came to like one of my like free events I was doing for Girls Talk London, like way, way back in the day. And she was like, I believe in you, you're doing something good. And she was the one that brought in all of my other corporate partners who to this day still work (laughs) with me. So if it wasn't for Donna, I wouldn't be where I am. And so I just feel like it just, you know, I think for our listeners, it's thinking about who are your guardian angels, like Mm. in the human present form yeah and just let them know that you appreciate them even if they don't respond they'll see it but i think it just made me think about you know who in my my life has been my my guardian absolutely yeah and also it also just makes you think the power of belief what that actually can do giving someone a pat on the back or it could be in kevin's case you know a thousand dollars but why did she do that she didn't just pick someone at random you know, he was showing that he had the vision that he was stealing pe- people's pictures from Facebook. But <laughs> <laughs> he was showing his potential. <laughs> he was showing, exactly. So oh, that story is so funny. He hus- he he. You know, he showed his hustle and and his vision. And um, I mean, God bless her as well for for doing that. Because now look at, look at where he is. I mean, and really, honestly, people, obviously, you're listening to this. You have to check out his Instagram. To you really have to see it to believe it. The stuff that he does is insane. (laughs) It's Father of the Bride 2021. Yes. Like like he's at weddings. I'm just like, and even in my mind, I'm now thinking, how can I make enough money so that Kevin can can come and do my birthday parties, (laughs) my future wedding? Like that is the goal for me now. When you go on his Instagram, oh my God, he does like your dream events. It's just unbelievably out of this world so i'm sure she must have seen that in him absolutely and, um, absolutely yeah and that was that was good i mean big events like that take a lot of people to collaborate with in order to pull off mm. and what i really liked is how he evaluates people and how he susses people out yes. on you know who would be good to collaborate with um i really thought that was important on finding people that you have shared values with so it's not necessarily how good your photos are it's okay what makes you love photography? Because that's going to be the difference of you perhaps staying longer than you should to get the job done. Because sometimes, you know, events, they often run over or behind or things like that. And you want people that are just dedicated to getting the job done. And exactly. Yeah. He's got a really good, a really good framework on finding the right collaborators. Yeah. I love that. That's definitely something that I'm going to take away and really think about. Like when you're, especially if you're an entrepreneur thinking about or even if like you're a person in corporate and you have to work with vendors, right? Thinking about how you can really think a bit more deeply about who you get on board to work on your projects. Because mm. sometimes I, I can be quite um, guilty of that. You just think, okay, who's the cheapest? We've all done that. Yeah. And, but it's, it's more than that. So I mm. think I'm going to take on his kind of like evaluation um, going forward with, with, with people that I work with to make sure they're the, they're the right fit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, yeah. I mean, the last, the last thing that, that I had down is just about going the extra mile and really it's about how you make people feel. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely about, I mean, Maya Angelou said this quote, mm. people will forget what you said, yep. forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. So yeah. that's just a big reminder of, of that quote for yeah. me. And Kevin yeah. embodies that quote. 
for sure. He does. He does. I mean, he's, he's left a lasting impression on me. I'm like, when you come to the UK, <laughs> you better, like, I'm like, I'm your friend now. Like, oh, for real? Me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have to be like, you know, Kevin, make sure you come and, and, and hang with us because he definitely just gives you that really good vibe and mm. he's just a really all around great, great person. So I, I wish him all the best. Definitely. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and for joining me for After Work Drinks. If you learned anything from this episode, please do share with someone you think would benefit. Don't forget to leave me a comment with what you learned along with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people like yourself find the show. Follow us on Instagram on at After Work Drinks Club. A special thank you goes to Blue Water and to Pure Creation Media for producing this episode.